It's that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home. I'm Terry Mitchell. I'm the director for Workforce Board 83. I've been here 32 years. We offer career counseling, learn why you earn, on-the-job training, work experience opportunities, and apprenticeship. Top-notch A1 staff. They're professional, and they're here ready to help. They want to see individuals succeed. We're here to get you back to work, Louisiana. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. The biggest names in sports are on. ESPN Radio. Hayden Hurst, Bengals tight end. We just love being counted out. Selling tickets to a game that wasn't even set. You know, we're not stupid. We see all that stuff. Jaguars tight end, Evan Ingram. Nobody quit. Nobody tapped out. You know, everybody showed up, you know, trying to find an answer. Xavier McKinney, giant safety. I'm taking the pick six to the house, man. Uh, I ain't got one of those in a little minute, so that's what I'll be looking to do. Lorenzo Alexander, former Bills linebacker, two-time Pro Bowler. Anytime that you have Bills Mafia in that hometown crowd around you, easy to stand for the game because they energize you. Stan Johnson is the head coach of Loyola Marymount. It's incredible. If you can drag it, you got to beat them. They don't give it to you. And our kids did a tremendous job tonight. WNBA superstar, Maya Moore. Unlike one of the bosses that I have, Mr. MJ himself, I don't plan on coming back after baseball. The biggest names in sports come here. And it all starts weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And continues all day. This is ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003, the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. It is the midway point of your work week. I'll officially welcome you tonight in a second. This song, Robert Balmer. How is he feeling today? What does he think of... P. Carmichael stayed back. I've talked to him since then. Huh? Huh? We did on Friday. Yeah, that's right, we did. Yeah, that's right. He, he didn't feel well last Wednesday. Now he's overcoming bronchitis. I didn't tell him at 115 here to take some vitamin C, man. Come on, Ralph. Aaron Summers going to join us at 130. Saints and Pelicans team reporter Brandon Ingram set to return to action tonight. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? It's hump day. Hump, 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 hump day! Uh, yeah. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that what that Campbell Wednesday hump day is what it is. Where will Sean go? We can talk about that as well later. And what about the travesty? The absolute travesty that Chris Olave was not named a finalist as Offensive Rookie of the Year. The NFL Honors finalists have been announced. NFL coming out with this a little bit earlier ago. The AP most valuable player, Josh Allen Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, the only non-QB, and Pat Mahomes. The Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, 49ers. The Chiefs, Chris Jones, a D-tackle, Micah Parsons, Cowboys. Offensive Player of the Year, Tyreek Hill. There you go, Roy. There you go, buddy. Dolphins receiver, Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback. Justin Jefferson, Vikings receiver. Pat Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brock Bleeping Purdy. 
Kenneth Walker the third, Seahawks running back, Eric Wilson, Jets wide receiver. Yeah, that guy. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just look again, Brock Purdy, nine games played, thirteen hundred seventy four yards, thirteen TDs, four picks. He started five. He's had a great run. This is a regular season award though, right? I guess, I don't know. Alave, 15 games, 72 receptions, 1,042 yards, 4 TDs. The reason he didn't play 16 and 17 is he got concussed. I just think when you take into consideration the fact that he was not supposed to be the team's number one receiver. Yeah, no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry for most of that season as well. Poor quarterbacking. Bad offense, just everything. Play calling the works. That dude still had a thousand yard season. I don't know. Am I being a homer? I, I just, I really think Chris Olave should be at least a finalist over Brock Purdy. Huh? Brock Purdy's being asked to do this. Hand it off to McCaffrey. Brock Purdy's being asked to do this. Throw a two yard pass to, uh, Debo Samuel. Brock Purdy's asked to do this. Throw it to your tight end who's all everything. I'm just, I, look, he's making the right decisions and he's winning games. I, I understand that. They got the number one defense that, they, I mean, they're, they're incredible. He's got a ton of weapons and powers as well. Chris Olave, many weeks, was the only bright spot on this offense. Just another reason Saints fans probably could don't care for the still offensive coordinator of your New Orleans Saints. I mean, that's a that is an absolute travesty. I'm sorry, that guy is at least a finalist. That's just me. You can agree, you can disagree. It's what I'm saying. It's how I feel about it. Um, so we can touch on that here as well about that. Uh, a late addition here, fellas. I'm going to give you uh, the info to uh, the professor. And, uh, buddy, Kenny Farrell, uh, Jester's head coach is gonna chime in at 145. He texted me last night, he's like, you know what's today, huh? I'm like, no, I mean tomorrow, which is now today. The U.S. men's national soccer team's back in action, uh, for friendlies, trying to get their World Cup 2020 gust. That's, that's years away. I, I hear you. Here's the interesting part. <laughs> Remember, Buck Halter's, his contract's done. Expired. You don't have anyone. So there's an interim coach leading the team. I think the general manager got fired as well. So I, who's running U.S. soccer right now? Just so yeah, you know, we'll give him a few minutes. We'll give him a few minutes. Coming up at 1:45, buddy and Nick. So I will text you all that for sure. But uh, we'll hear from Coach Kenny Farrell there. Coming up at 2:15, Sean Fox. Now last night, Pelicans. My goodness, man. Uh, they go down by 19. Go down by 19. And then the second half happened. And uh I, I don't know. Is it coincidence or not? But Billy Hernan Gomez starts getting some minutes. Now Temple around Billy's screen. Bounce feed back to Billy. Reverse lefty layup is good. Timeout Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets. All right. And then. Got to drive into the hoop. Low. Good pass. Billy. And a right-hand layup for Hernan Gomez. Good find there by GT. Yeah, about that. Shovels it to Joker, dribbles off a foot, and it's taken by Hernan Gomez. Now Temple, one-on-one, finger roll, got it! Over Caldwell Pope, and it's single digits. about that? That's after sometimes during the night you got this. Cullum, jump feed to nobody. So much for momentum. Out of bounds, baseline right. Billy was in the lane and 
That was in the corner. Six turnovers for C.J. McCollum back on Sunday. He had seven against the Heat. That is one player that cannot wait for Brandon Ingram and Zion to come back. I can promise you that. And then Jose Alvarado did his best to try to win it. Alvarado crosses over on Najee, drives in, got a seam, and laid it in with a right hand. You're down seven with nine minutes to go. It's unbelievable that the Pels are in this. Alvarado, left lane line, spins, restricted arc, teardrop, got the roll! Over the front iron, and a disgusted Mike Malone takes timeout. They're on their feet in the lower bowl. Yeah, I like that, huh, then Back to Jose. Sprints, no look pass to Nance, and he floats it in reverse style with a right hand over the left side of the rim. Back down by five again, 89-84. Alvarado in double figures now. To the rack! Green! Rejected by Hernan Gomez! Jose taking on the team! Took on Jokic! And laid it in off the window! He drove through everybody! Everyone on their feet! It's a three-point game! Alvarado! With 11! Billy Hernan Gomez would go to the free throw line a little bit later, tie the game. They hit a three, you get a two, you get a stop. Three seconds to go, a chance to win it. Down 99-98. Herb going to inbound baseline left. Who are you going to get? Herb. Chesset to McCollum. Shot fake. Three ball left corner. Nope. Ball game. So, yeah, as you heard Scott earlier today, he said it's a bit of a heartbreak, right? I mean, you, you get back in that game, down 19, you're like, man, win it. And you felt like, man, it really needed that win. But they don't. So it's the fifth straight loss. The good thing about it is you're getting Brandon Ingram back today. So we talked about so far, now we're number one, realistic expectations. Look, I love him to drop 30. I don't know if he's dropping 30 tonight. I don't know what minutes he's going to have. I can't imagine he's playing all 48. So, I mean, I look, I'm just happy he's going to get on there. Right, and and, and it, it at least is the starting of the process to get back to where this team has been in the past. Now, of course, the way the season has gone, Pelicans lost a player last night. Dyson Daniels stepping on the foot of a Nugget player, Najee, when he's jumping in in the lane on his way down, and I mean it rolled. You know, the old ankle bone part, the little round knob, it, it touched the floor. It's not supposed to. So he was seen in a walking boot in crutches, leaving the arena yesterday. He's already been ruled out for today, obviously. You would think that. But, again, he's been playing very well. So that's minutes for other players. I get that. It's just, it stinks. You keep losing players by the game. But you heard in those set of highlights there, look, I love Billy Hernan Gomez. All the guy does is he just he just helps. He just more often than not when he's on the floor, it's positive minutes. It just is. Um, you, you needed that scoring when C.J. McCollum is struggling. He went 0 for seven from three point land yesterday. The last second shot, Herb Jones on the inbound didn't see a cutting Billy Hernan Gomez who was wide open. He threw it to C.J. McCollum who was over in the left corner. He shot a three. It was no good. He wound up 0 for 8 on the day. 
Here's head coach Willie Green on that last shot. Just want to get a good look. Uh, I thought CJ got open, got a clean look at it. Um, just didn't go down. And as far as Billy Hernan Gomez or what happened there? Um, I mean, at the last play, you know, we don't want to play for uh, CJ to get a wide open shot. But, um, you know, after watching the play, you know, I was I was open to. But, uh, you know, Herb text me right away after like I'm sorry I miss you but uh you know it's everything is a learning experience um there's nothing that we can do right now just watch the video get better and make sure the next time we have another opportunity on close game we execute right and we find the open guy but uh you know we almost won this difficult game against a great team um first terrible half for us um second half was great for us executing game uh, plan discipline and that's this is where we need to play, this is us, second half. So another opportunity tomorrow, another game. So we'll focus on that now. Yeah, a difference between that first and second half. Jose Alvarado, what was the halftime message? Uh, Coach Willie Green, you know, told us that's not us. You know, no matter what he draw, no matter what he show, if we go out there and play like that, and they gonna, the, the score is going to be the same or even worse. So um, go out there and be, be us, man. No matter if we miss shots or not, just go be, uh, be Pelicans, play Pelican basketball, and um, bring the juice. And that's what we did. You know, regardless, miss a shot, make a shot, uh, we're gonna have to go out there and defend and be us. So look, you, you again now have lost 10, 13 games, five straight. You're, you're trying to stay positive. You're trying to look at the, the positive things that you are doing. The defense, at least in the last two games, has played better. They have looked better. They just go through so many stretches right now where they just can't score the basketball. And that's why you need these guys back. Willie Green, and then we'll take a break. We keep discussing it. Um, we keep watching film. We continue to have a high level of preparation. And um, these moments throughout the course of the year, they happen where you have injuries and other guys have to step up. And uh, you'll go, you know, every team goes to a, a period where you lose a few games. And we, we got to continue to stay together and dig ourselves out of it All right we will speak with ralph marlborough next it is the sport hangover you're listening to espn new orleans do you want a free easy go golf cart golden motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart all you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle to get your chance to put your name into a drawing during the months of november through january 31st Buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Dennis in Delaware has something to say. When... Keyshawn has a little gray hair on the side of his head. He looks like Denzel. He does not look like Denzel Washington. Stop, Dennis. Dennis. Next caller. Denzel Washington. Get the America's caddy, Michael Collins, the ESPN golf analyst. Key was, man, you look like if Denzel and Larry Johnson's grandma had a baby, man. You look good. I see Key and I see Key and I want to just go. Denzel Let me tell you, I met Denzel earlier this summer and when he came out and he looked at me and he goes, my man, when you go at Stephen A. Smith, man, I like that. And I was just like, yeah! I turned into a, I went fanboy crazy. Yeah, so, hey, that's a compliment. My man. Mom, man. GJ and Max. 
followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Piper's first mock draft is out. He's got the Texans selecting C.J. Stroud, Houston, the hometown of the one and only Ralph Balborough. Sir, how are you this afternoon? Uh, Gus, you know, I've been better. Getting old sucks. I got bronchitis. I feel yeah. like an old man. I don't even smoke two packs a day. I thought only people that smoke got bronchitis, but apparently not. Uh, but you know, we're hanging in there. We'll, we'll get through it. Dude, you've been, you've, uh, you've had it, you've had to deal with some stuff the last couple of days, right. man. But look, um, you know what? You're back with us though. That, that's a good thing about it though. But what do you make of Bryce Young by Mel Kuyper going to the Colts with the number four overall pick and CJ Stroud being the first quarterback taken? I mean, I can see it because here's the thing. These teams fall in love with the quarterback they fall in love with. And they're just going to take them. They're going to move up to get them. You know, so it, it it doesn't surprise me. Like, I think Will Levis, even though people think it's crazy, like, I think he's going to go top five, too. Because there's going to be a team that's going to be like, we need a quarterback. All three of these quarterbacks are good enough for us. Oh, Will Levis is the last one left at pick five. Oh, we'll move up and get him. So it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the thing is with Bryce Young, he's got measurable issues. So mm-hmm. if a team is like the Saints, where they're like they like the Raz score, they feel like the prototypes and the measurables really matter. I could see them being like, we're taking C.J. Stroud. He got he's got the height and all the physical requirements. Bryce Young is kind of small. We're worried about him getting injured. I guess I bring that up because obviously quarterback is something that a lot of people have been paying attention to. We'll look at the draft. We don't even know if the Saints get a first-round pick. We discussed this last week, including since Sean Payton pretty much said it's a mid-to-late first-round pick, and Houston has that second and that 12, so be 12. He wouldn't be there. How much of the Aaron Rodgers thing you think could affect perhaps what the Saints do at quarterback? In other words, say the Jets reportedly, their owner's like, that's fine. They want two first-round picks. Go give me that quarterback. <laughs> because I've said I think Jimmy G that air or Derek Carter there makes sense regardless because I think they're a better team. They're younger and, and things of that nature as compared to where maybe the Saints are right now. I don't know, but that might be able to open up the market for the other QB. So I, I think there's a lot of things in play, if that makes sense. I agree. I mean, listen, Green Bay said they're not trading. They're trading Aaron Rodgers to the AFC. That's what they want to do. Right. Um, I do I do think, Gus, like Pete Carmichael, like him coming back, like to me, I think the Saints, they're going to go full press on a quarterback because now if you're Dennis Allen, you haven't changed offensive coordinators, right? You might have Sean Payton lingering in the background mm-hmm. all year again. 
Like I just think they're going to go full press to get a quarterback, the best one they can get. Now, obviously, you don't get picks for Sean Payton drafting a rookie quarterback, probably out like a guy like a, a plug, maybe a plug and play when you have to get like a project. But like they're going to go for Derek Carr, Jimmy right. G, whoever. They're going to put the full court press on because if you're Dennis Allen, man, it's got to work. You can't go backwards. From seven and ten, because if you had hired a new offensive coordinator, let's say you had hired a new offensive coordinator, you got the really good package for Sean Payton, and you got even a Will Levis. Let's say you got the ninth pick from Carolina, or whatever. And you're like, oh, we got Will Levis. Then even if they, da, you could see a scenario where they finished like seven and ten again, but like the back half of the year, you're like, oh, Will Levis is the dude, and the new offensive coordinator like got it popping and. They averaged 30 the last five weeks, and they went 3-2. and two, And, yeah, they finished 6-11, and 11, but we're trending in the right direction. D.A., you get a third year. Now, <laughs> you got Pete Carmichael back, and yeah. you, 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 don't, you, you don't go forward and you go backwards. I think the Saints will be really, really tempted to push the reset button. And you got Peyton in the background maybe upset because his job interviews didn't go well, and he's looking at the Saints being like, I shouldn't have left. I could, so, I could see Sean Payton being like pouring gasoline all over the D.A. and setting it on fire so he can make his triumphant return. So if you're D.A., you got to get a quarterback in some kind of way, and I, I expect the Saints to try as best they can in March. Yeah. I think, Ralph, when you look at this week's developments, and we're only on Wednesday, we had Jeff on yesterday, Jeff Duncan, about it, you know, and uh, Diana Rossini's quote tweet, the mystery team. I, I broke it down in three ways. It's either a team that has a current head coach, and I said there's three to come to mind, Cowboys, Chargers, and Dolphins. He's been attached to those three, right? It just makes sense. Yeah. There's a team that doesn't have a head coach that hasn't asked permission. That's the Colts. So that would be the only team that it would do that. Yeah. Or three, I think it's a little bit of BS, and it's his people trying to trump up that nervous energy for the team that maybe he wants to go to, to step up, to make that play, whatever. And then you add what Coward said yesterday on his show, that he's been told that the Broncos want Sean, Russell wants Sean, it's up to Sean. If Sean wanted Denver, it'd be done already, right? So, man, the yeah. more I think about it, Ralph, we could be facing him twice a year. I, I think Carolina to me makes a ton of sense. A ton of sense because he can go get Carr. He has Corral. He can bring Brady. He has Corral to develop. Yeah. It just, there's so many things that make sense. Well, he knows the division. He knows the players. He's yeah. the best coach in the division. I mean, it just, I mean, to yeah, me, it just, I, I, it makes sense. It does, but, but gosh, I'm more negative than you. I look at it. And I see he hasn't gotten any second interviews yet, officially. Carolina's moved on to Frank Wright. He's getting a second interview. Other other people are getting second interviews with the Colts and other different teams. I know Sean Payton wasn't in on the Colts. But also, man, we don't have to go into the details if you don't want to. But I have, in my life, guys, I have never seen a reporter like Benjamin Albright out of Denver who covers the Broncos and is plugged in and knows stuff and he's a, is a good solid, well-known reporter. I've never seen a reporter just throwing Molotov cocktails at a potential coaching hire. Like, he is bad-mouthing Peyton. He's talking about the Vic- you know, the Viking game. He's saying that people are interviewing him, and now they're, no- they're figuring out who he really is. Mm-hmm. Like, Gus, 
Have you ever seen it? This would be like you when you were, you know, you being in New Orleans well-known and, and plugged in, and the Saints, you know, made just in the hypothetical, when they were hiring D.A., and you're like, I don't want this person, Coach X, and just trashing it up. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, if they hire him, you got to work with him. Like, it's just amazing to me, and that tells me, that, and he says it, he said, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not coming from Denver, but it's Broncos approved. There's somebody in that Bronco organization for whatever reason, they don't want Sean Payton anywhere near it. And they're like, you know, this, uh, teams will tell reporters, be like, listen, you do this for me. And I know this is making it uncomfortable for you, but I'll help you out down the line. Or they cash in a favor and was like, Hey, buddy, remember when we gave you this? And we said we need a favor, favor later on. Like this is that favor. Go out there and throw the Molotov cocktails right. at Sean Payton. Like this is amazing. This is amazing to me, Gus. And this to me, I wonder if teams were very excited about the 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 prospect of Payton. They're like, of course we got to interview Sean Payton. Sure. But then when they got him on the Zoom and in person, they're like, oh, he needs twenty million. He needs full control. We got to give up draft picks, and we got all this other stuff with him swirling. He's really, he's really different. But put the off the field rumors and stuff aside. Like Sean Payton, we love him as fans because he won with the Saints, and that's all we care about. The Saints, to most of us, is a TV show. It's the team we love. But he is really freaking difficult to work for. He makes the building uncomfortable, and I can see people because you know this, Gus. Fans, we like to, they like to think, oh, everybody on the building is at the same page, and they all they care about is winning a Super Bowl, blah, blah. You know by covering, not everybody in every building cares about winning. There's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to work for the jerk. Keep yeah. him away from here. Yeah. Like, And I just wonder if teams like Sean Payton didn't wow them. And the thing is, Gus, if you're going for Sean Payton and you're going to give up all this stuff for him, that's He's got point. to blow you away. Yeah. And I, I wonder if, like, his, his interviews, he just didn't. That's a great point. I'm reading his timeline, and again, it's Albright NFL, at AlbrightNFL.com. And to Ralph's point... Um, he's on KOAC in Colorado there. He's a host reporter for the Broncos flagship station. So it's essentially somebody from WWL just crushing whatever coaching candidate they would have. But specifically, uh, one of the tweets he just did a couple minutes ago, he says that, um, that they, that there is no full court press. He actually says Sean Payton, quote, doesn't have a market. Denver may bring him back for a second interview. And I think the point that you're bringing up is one to consider, right? If I'm going to give up this much, then I I think in any hiring process, you've been through this, right? With with just regular work or if I go through an interview process, you you are higher, right? I've hired two. You you want to feel that that candidate, A, wants to be there and is invested in what it is that you're trying to sell. And I just wonder if a lot of this, Sean, is like, I'd like to coach again. And he's also realizing, you know what? You had it really good in New Orleans. And, you know, it maybe comes across sort of like, so we're going to give you all of this stuff, but is this really the right team that you want? Or is this the team that you even want to be here or something like that? I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I think... Yeah. He's football savvy, 
But to your point, I wonder if people are like, well, let's see who this guy really is and if he's not wowing them. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, and the NFL landscape is, is really shifted. You know, we we talked about this on, on my podcast when we did a breaking news yesterday. I said, you know, and you know, it's like 10, 20 years ago before the Rooney rule, these owners, the hiring process was just whatever they wanted, right? Like, John Meekham just, like, had lunch with Bum Phillips. He's like, he's my coach. And it's like, that was it, right? And, like, Leon Hess, the old Jet owner, was like, I'm old. I want to win. I'm bringing in Rich Kotite. And everybody's like, what? You know? And the, the same thing with Bill Parcells to the Jets. And, um, you know, he, he, they just, Leon Hess just did it. And, right, and like, they, and same thing with Parcells. And these coaches just make the decision. Jim Irsay with Tony Dungy. Just like, I wanted Tony Dungy. I don't need anybody to interview anybody else. I interviewed Tony Dungy. We hit it off. Boom. But now you got the Rooney rule. You right. got all these hiring webinars you got to go to. And it's a process. And I think that process has made teams, Gus, one, the owner can't just decide he falls in love with the certain guy and hires him. But two, I think the, the, the model in the NFL is shifting away from the coach as the king, kingdom ruler, and he does everything, and he's Jimmy Johnson, and he gets all the power. Like Sean Payton was kind of one of the last ones in New Orleans. Like Bill Belichick has it. But what other coaches – in the NFL, rule the kingdom, right? They don't have many. Teams don't set it up that way anymore. What teams do is they kind of do the model that the Saints had when they first hired Peyton is you kind of get like a numbers guy, Mickey Loomis, and he's kind of oversees it, but he's got his scouting guy in Jeff Island. Got the cat magician in Kai Harley. You got your coach. And it's collaborative, and it's not one guy ruling everything. Right. And I wonder if Sean Payton just, like, didn't under – and I I put myself in this, like, we didn't understand it. Like, nah, man, that's not the NFL anymore. Like, if you want to go coach, you can go coach mm-hmm. and, and, and have full control of your roster, but you don't get say over free agent. You don't get it anymore. Like, that thing you had in New Orleans, like, you you got to start from ground zero again when you go – to yeah. another team, I and wonder, I just wonder if it, we just we just didn't we didn't think it through. And I I'm guilty of it. I'm I'm stunned that it's kind of been this this bumpy ride for him. I figured an owner it would just be like boom boom boom. We got our Rooney Rule interviews out the way. We interviewed a bunch of people, but we interviewed Sean Payton today. He's coming back for a second interview two days later, and then boom boom, it's done. And it's just not happening. Ralph Marlboro, as always, man, appreciate it. It's a very good side of things that you, uh, that you look at. We'll keep uh, an eye on it all as well, man. At Saints Forecast, the way to give you a follow on Twitter, WBLTV.com, when you do your columns, the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Try not to get sick by next Thursday. I won't, Gus, but I, 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 I can't do this Sean Payton sweepstakes again next year. we got to wrap this thing up. <laughs> That's a very good point. I, I think for the Saints' sake, too, a lot of the moves you may make is dependent on this. So let's go, Sean. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, dude. When we come back, Aaron Summers, Saints and Pelicans team reporter. We'll talk with her next on ESPN New Orleans. The Mina Kimes.
Show featuring Lenny. And we should know, and I assume you saw this, but it's too late to take back your picks. I can tell you I saw that because I was the one that texted that to you. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> I can confirm you texted that to me and I wrote back, damn, that would be huge. <laughs> Uh, this this was an hour and a half ago, in my defense. <laughs> I've been busy. Listen and subscribe to The Mina Kimes Show, featuring Lenny, wherever you listen to podcasts. Shop limited-time deals at the Truckload Event at Lowe's, happening now. Save big on your favorites across the store. During this event, get up to 50% off select tools and accessories. Plus, find the perfect floor tile for your home for less. Get up to 50% off select styles while you can. Head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload Event today. Valid 1229-125 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Discount taken at time of purchase. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. Saints and Pelicans team reporter Erin Summers joins us. You can follow her over on Twitter at Erin E. Summers. Erin, good afternoon. How are you? I am doing great. Looking forward to another Pelicans game tonight, and, and hopefully we get the win this time. Yeah, let's start there since you... Started that force, Brandon Ingram. <laughs> How nice will it be to actually just see him in a game? I mean, we'll get to the reasonable expectation levels and all of that. But if I look at date, January twenty fifth, November twenty fifth, that was the last time he played. It's been a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's been two months, and it's crazy to think about it when you look at the injury. But there were setbacks, and you know, you can't gauge how somebody is feeling. He's been at it. He wants to be on the court. He loves basketball. He loves playing with his team. It's been killing him sitting on the bench and not being able to contribute. So I think keeping all of that in mind, he wanted to come back when he knew he was going to be able to give it his all. And he's still dealing with a little bit of pain. He said it's tolerable, but he is ready to play. He's gone five on five a couple times over the past week. And then the next day kind of evaluated how he felt. He said it's been a little bit different each time, but it's something that he can play through and play through to the level that's going to benefit the team. Uh, You mentioned what we can expect. Well, he's been with the team for four years. Every time he's come back from injury, he has played over 30 minutes in those return games, except for twice. And it was just 25 minutes and 27 minutes in games that the team won that he might not have had to play mm-hmm. so much in. And he's not somebody that's going to come back 
looking at a minutes restriction, right? Like, I think that in his mind, when he comes back, it's to play for an entire game as much as his team needs him. Aaron, let's look at exactly what he's going to bring by being back on the court. The obvious points. This team desperately needs it, right? The last couple of games, they haven't even hit 100 before the Zion injury, even without B.I. This team was one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA. Right now, the Pelicans need points. Well, Brandon Ingram, before he got hurt, in the 15 games that he's played, he's averaged 20.8 points per game. So, yeah, you add 20 points to any of the Pelicans' losses over the last stretch, (laughs) that's a win. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't correlate that nicely, but I think that it will help alleviate, you know, the pressure that C.J. McCollum has been playing under. He's had to carry a lot of the weight. He's been doing it for a good portion of the time. But I think over the last few games, we're seeing that wear on him and the rest of the team a little bit, that so much of that offense has to come from CJ. And then, you know, Jonas inside and somebody else has to be on, whether it was Najee Marshall, who was adding great minutes, uh, Trey Murphy, et cetera. So I think it's just going to help take a little bit of pressure off of everybody else on the team hopefully let them play a little more loose and get back to just playing in a little more of an offensive rhythm. They've been doing really well on the defensive side still um, offensively, just kind of clean some things up and give them another, you know, option, the offensive option, especially with this mid range game. You mentioned Aaron CJ's name and that was going to, well, I was going to go next. I think something else that Brandon can bring too is not just the scoring load, but just ball handling load here as sure. well, right? The last two games, Aaron, seven turnovers by CJ Miami, six yesterday. And it's missed Aaron's passes or reads. It's dribbling off the ball, which I think it's fatigue. It's mental and it's physical fatigue as well that you kind of look at it. But that's something I think maybe fans don't realize. Not only Zion bringing the ball up the court, but he was a ball handler. B.I. was a ball handler. Najee's a ball handler. I mean, you know, he loves to say that he's one of the best passers on the team. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, all of that goes into, oh, other than the obvious lack of points. Ball handling is a pretty key element in basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And when you think about how this team was constructed with all of the offensive weapons, all of the people that are viable ball handlers, you know, we've kind of said there's not a true point guard. Um, on the team here, sometimes it's Zion who takes the ball up. Sometimes it is CJ. We've seen Herb Dyson do it at times. So without having those options on the court with Brandon and Ingr- um, sorry, Ingram right. and um, Dyson, even without Najee, without Zion, you're eliminating a lot of the other people that can handle the ball and putting, again, more pressure on CJ to be that person. So you mentioned the the fatigue. I think it's more just maybe mentally at this point for him. You know, he's had to carry so much that hopefully having Brandon back will just be another healthy body, another option offensively, whether it is with his shot, with mm-hmm. his ability to handle the ball. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. He said that he's played basketball a lot and he understands his body and he's going to be ready to go. It might be a little bit of conditioning to start. But, you know, he said that he feels pretty good being able to come in and give it his all. So um, hopefully Brandon will help alleviate some of those other areas that, you know, his absence, Zion's absence, Najee's absence have kind of bled into. I think it'll help Trey Murphy as well, too, huh? I mean, he had 14 mm-hmm. points yeah. against Miami in that first half, but just three in the second half. And just I think he's he's somebody that can give you some points, 
but having to almost be required to give you, you know, 12 to 20, I, I just think that's, that's, that's a lot for him right now. Right. That's what we saw last season is it had to be Brandon Ingram and somebody else had to go off for this team to win right. before they got CJ, before, you know, the Larry and that trade happened. And now it's kind of like we're in that same position with CJ. CJ had to be on and somebody else had to go off. Right. Whether it was and, the or someone else. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you don't build teams to be structured that way. Like you, you don't tell somebody, Hey, it's always, you always have to be the guy. Yeah. You're going to be the guy down the stretch, but it doesn't mean you're the guy from the first minute to the last minute. Um, and I think that's what we've kind of been looking at CJ to be lately. And it's just not a, a, a viable, sustainable way to build a team or expect something to run. So we'll get Brandon back. And then hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll figure out what's, what the next step is for, for Zion. Um, hopefully get Najee back as well, and you know, things are looking up health-wise for sure. How big is Brandon Ingram's return? They are three-point favorites, the Pelicans tonight, against the T-Wolves, who have been playing pretty well. Anthony Edwards has been killing it as of late, and the Pels are a favorite, having lost five straight. Gives you an idea, right? Gives you an idea. Um, I want to yeah. ask you about some Saints questions here, because you're going to be over at the Senior Bowl the first couple of days. You'll be there for Mickey and you know DA. They, all the coaches speak and, and talk about kind of where their teams are and stuff, and a lot of teams are making hirings. A lot of teams are still trying to make hirings, so that'll be something to keep an eye on, so give Aaron a follow at Aaron E. Summers, but we will see two Saints assistants, and it, I love the Senior Bowl this year, how it's different, because the NFL has been saying, hey, we want to help diversify the hiring and give coaches a shot, but how do you do so? Well, I like this. They set up a committee from NFL coaches to then nominate assistants to then do a, a job that's elevated than what they are. So Ronald Curry mm-hmm. for the Saints is a quarterback coach, right? Passing game coordinator. He's going to go OC. Aaron, how is Ronald view over there? Uh, I love RC a because he went to UNC, which I did as well. He played football and basketball there. So go Tar Heels. He has been awesome to talk to every time I've, you know, come up, you know, to talk to him about a quarterback or, or how, Somebody's doing, he's done a great job and is viewed very highly within the organization. So I think it's a great opportunity for him to be able to get that experience being the offensive coordinator. I mean, how many times have we gone and applied for a job and they say, hey, great, but we're looking for somebody that has experience in this role. Mm -hmm. Well, how do I freaking get that experience if you won't give me the opportunity? Yeah, You know, so (laughs) it's got to be kind of the same situation for for these coaches to be able to come in and you know f- get the feeling of, w- of what it's like to be in that role, for him to be the OC, for him mm-hmm. to call the shots. Um, he'll go through a whole week of practice with the national team and then you know be in that position for, for game day, which I think is, is going to be really cool, and it's going to give him a chance to, to look at a lot of the players in this upcoming draft, which is a great benefit for the Saints as well. Yeah, no doubt. And look, that, that's a position – that moving forward, the the Saints will be addressing one way, shape, or form, whether it's free agency, drafting a young quarterback, what have you. So it's interesting to to have somebody that you know I, I think it's, it's spoken of very highly. You brought it up, I think, mm-hmm. even in the studio over at the arena. Players throughout the season, when you ask them about their interaction with RC, they they really do respect them and they they love going back and forth with them. Yeah, absolutely. He's been somebody that every quarterback that I've come across here has praised just mm. his attention to 
you know, detail, the game plan, nuances of the game, the throwing, whatever it is. He's been really good with the quarterbacks, but then he also has a great ability to to figure out the chemistry with different players on the team. So it it goes beyond just the quarterback position. Um, A lot of people enjoy his presence. I think that's cool. It's going to be fun to, to talk to him, catch up with him next week. We'll have interviews with him. And, of course, some of the, the local prospects that are there that have been invited from Tulane and LSU. So we'll have that, you know, to look forward to. It's going to be a fun week. How many Saints fans have said they want Tajay Spears on the team? I mean, obviously, yes, get drafted. And there's a lot of process. But how many fans would love to have Tajay Spears on the team? Uh, you're talking about the guy who had eight <laughs> straight 100-yard efforts yeah. to finish the season last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anybody around here would want that. I mean, <laughs> you have to be honest about the running back room last year with the injuries and things that happened throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a everybody has said is a, an area that the Saints will be looking at. So why not? Why not keep somebody that's been here and, and done really well for Tulane? I know people in New Orleans have, have loved following that team. I mentioned uh, Ronald Curry got about another two, three minutes here, but De- Declan Doyle is, is the second assistant there as well, and he's going to be coaching tight ends. He's been an offensive assistant for fans that maybe don't know that much about him. Another good opportunity for somebody like that to kind of show what he can maybe do? Yeah, I think it's huge, especially for somebody who's been an offensive assistant. So he's been somebody that's kind of helped uh, around the room. You know, he's not really focused in on one area, so for him to – really hone in and work with the tight ends is going to be a really cool opportunity for him. You know, the same staff, they work so hard. They put in so many hours throughout the year, you know, throughout training camps, mini camps, rookie camps, OTAs, and then during the season, they're watching a ton of film, you know, going on the flights with them and stuff. They're immediately watching film, cutting things up, watching other games. So, they put in so much work. It's really cool to get this type of a reward and recognition from the other coaches in the league that have nominated them for this this elevated opportunity. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I love that. That's something the NFL say. Hey, we we got to change things. Well, that is a a positive change there as well. Thank you, Aaron. We'll see you tonight. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Yep, 7 p.m. Pels and T Wolves. Don't forget, she will be covering the Senior Bowl as well. NewOrleansSaints.com. When we come back, Coach Kenny Farrow wants to chime into the conversation. I know the World Cup just ended. He's like, we got to start paying attention. I'm just saying, he says we need to. I'm going to ask him why. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Wow, it's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Great deals like never before. Never before. Shop now for a huge selection of new Toyotas in stock and more arriving daily. Great dealer discounts on all the new and pre-owned Toyotas in stock. Get two years free maintenance too. Just click and save at GregLeBlancToyota.com. But you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices. Greg's got the deals as your low price leader. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, 220 South Hollywood Road in Homa. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. 
A jacuzzi bath system fits in your existing tub space. It's a no-mess installation with an amazing style selection, factory-certified installers, and a limited lifetime warranty. Call 800-717-4599. That's 800-717-4599. Right now and get 50% off installation with no interest and no payments for 12 months. Replace that old bathtub today with a walk-in shower for a safer bathing experience. If you have lived in your home for over 15 years, it's time to remodel your bathroom for a virtual or in-home appointment. Call 800-717-4599. That's 800-717-4599. 800-717-4599. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trial Lawyers. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. He coaches here in New Orleans yesterday. His name is Mr. Kenny Farrell. He is our soccer guy. But we need to talk about the, uh, what would you call it? The world sport, huh? Is that how you call it, Kenny? What would we call soccer? Well, it's the most watched sport in the world. So there I it suppose is. you could say sports world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was saying going into the break, man, the World Cup just ended. Why are we paying attention to a pair of January friendlies here for the U.S. men's national think, team? Well, I think you have to. I mean, the day the World Cup's over is the next day of building for the next World Cup. And when you think it's in the United States, then it's probably going to be our best chance to win the World Cup or at least get to a semifinal or final um, ever. I think you have to pay attention to everything that's going on. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we when when we didn't make the World Cup eight years ago, um, or four years ago, I mean, I mean, Gus. The next the next thing we looked at was you know who's who's the manager, what players are they bringing in? They have to go through a roadmap of four years, of, but this time they don't have to qualify. So how are we going to handle that going forward? And these friendlies, this this training camp is you know it's a reg, it's a regular on the U.S. men's national team calendar, but it brings in players that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It brings in players from Major League Soccer that may not, you know, if if the international players were available, may not get into the setup. Mm-hmm. You've also got a situation where you still got the Gio Reyna situation that has to yeah. be sorted out quickly, and someone needs to put adults in the room on that one. And then, then we have the, um, you know, the interim head coach Anthony Hudson. I mean, is he going to be the head coach is, if Burhalter comes back? Is he going to say so? Like everything, building the chemistry for four years starts right now. And if we want to win the World Cup in four years, we take every minute seriously. We take every game seriously, every training session seriously, and every player that wants to step into the team or might make it into the team seriously. We have a great base, yeah. but we're going to lose some of the older players. Who's going to replace them? Mm-hmm. Who's going to upgrade the team that we've never even seen before? You know, those kind of things. Kenny, you just touched on it. It's almost been a soap opera. Normally, as you're saying, you would think, hey, making the cup, getting a win, getting into the knockout stage, great step moving forward, kumbaya. You would have people going, cannot wait, love the direction going into the next World Cup. But you just detailed, it's almost a disaster. I mean, we, we talked about that video, and we were like, 
I wouldn't try yeah. to make anything of it, but when the U.S. won and Reyna was the only player that was frowning, we were like, that's just a little strange, right? I mean, that was very weird. And then to come to find out his mom kind of snitches on something that Bo Halter did back in the day, he essentially, I don't know if, he, if you say he sacked or not, but I mean, he, he let his contract go. We don't know who's running it. Didn't the GM of U.S. Soccer also get like, I mean, it, it, who's running it? Like what direction well, they're, is, they're, is going on? Yeah, they're all buddies from years ago. They all played together. You know, um, McBride, uh, Ernie, they, they all played together back in the day. They know each other. But what happened in the last four years was the chemistry was built. There was a lot of question marks over Berhalter's ability to compete at the top level. And he's developed over the last four years, uh, at World Cup level, I mean. He's developed over the last four years. And even though I had my question marks about him, and you know that because we spoke about it sure. back and forth, um, they, they got where they needed to get. They got to the last 16 of the World Cup. The last day would have been phenomenal, right? And one more game would have been phenomenal. But, you know, Holland on the day outplayed them. But um, at the end of the day, as the team developed, the coach developed, and you could see that he was learning on the job. And he made some very difficult decisions right before the World Cup. He brought in a player he hadn't used for two years that he could not ignore. I've always talked about it. I think he was the linchpin for the, for, for the success, Tim Ream from Fulham in the English Premier League. And then he made those steps. So if you're just going off performance as far as his ability to take the team, the next four years he should be getting better. And, he, you know, he should be, you know, getting to that pedigree that you need to be able to win it. And there is a great chemistry, as you can see, with that team that was built over four years, which, by the way, the average age of that is probably going to be perfect for challenging for the World Cup the next time around. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, with all this, and with the level of the players that we have right now, well, we had a child in the room, and we had a soccer mom in the room. And the soccer mom happened to be married to the director of coaching for the United States Soccer Federation for... A long time, Gio Reyna, who had, oh, sorry, uh, Claudio Reyna, who had it. So there's a familiarity there, and it was just, it's just rubbish. It's rubbish. Um, it, you just need to get an adult in the room. It needs to be a face to face with Reyna, ask him to adjust his attitude a little bit, and move on. I, I just don't know that, that there's a problem there, really. I know what they claimed happened 22 years ago was there was a scuffle or something happened outside a nightclub, and Reyna, you know, so when they were college kids, I suppose, uh, playing. And um, but it seems to be long gone, and nobody seems to have a problem with with it. And everybody wants to move forward. And I think he's been a good citizen. So and so, I think it's unfair for him not to keep the job moving forward. One and um, and um, you have to rebuild. You know, if, if you if you want to get a new coach in there, then you've got to rebuild the chemistry with the team. And I'm not sure the team would accept it too much. Thinking about where they come, you know, when you think you're on a pathway to the to the 26 World Cup. They're still in building mode. You know, we always knew that this World Cup was going to be foundational for the next World Cup because of the age of this team, the average age of this team. Good point. So, I think it's, I think it's, it's really got to be settled down, thought about seriously, and you know, people need to take issues on and get them over with. Have the conversation, and uh, as I say, we need adults in the room and decide which direction you're going. But I hope they can continue on the pathway, you know, which starts tonight. Because mm -hmm. Anthony, Anthony Hudson, who's actually a good friend of mine, Anthony has stepped into the head coaching job, and he's got a difficult situation, you know, and, um, but, but he's a very sound character. He's a, he's a brilliant guy, 
and uh, his dad played for England uh, back in the day and played in the English top division over there. And he knows the game. He'll, he'll get them through this weekend. And then we'll see where it goes from there. But this is the first step. This is the first hurdle. So let's get it done. Let's look at the new players coming in. Let's see if the chemistry is there with those mm-hmm. players. And if you remember, um, um, when we were talking about some of the teams that played without the European players, the European-based players before, there were some great performances. You know, last summer we played a, a, a tournament with basically some players that no one had ever seen before. Right. And some of them impacted so much that they made the World Cup squad. So it does start today. It is the first day of the World Cup, World Cup 26, in my opinion. And anybody that's involved in it, whether it's the general manager, whether it's Cindy, the, the president, or whether it's fixing the coaching situation or having a sit-down chat with Gio, right. it, it just needs to happen. It just needs to happen now. Yeah, it's... Uh... It unraveled what it's supposed to be about building and moving forward. Now, if you want to watch the U.S. taking on Serbia, it'll be 9 o'clock tonight on HBO Max. So if you got HBO Max, that's where that game will be. When do they play again, Friday or Saturday? Saturday, right? They play Saturday night against uh, Colombia. That will be on TNT. So tonight, HBO Max, Saturday night, 6.30 against Colombia on TNT. And I guess something that, that we look at moving forward is just like certain players maybe that keep an eye on or, or is this kind of the time yeah, we start like, maybe who, using some young players yeah so this is a great opportunity to get the players that may not always get an opportunity to get in but the key factor here is how do we plan the next four years without having go having to go through a qualifying round so what games do we pick what players do we use how do we prepare them for the world cup gotcha. in 26 it all starts today Head coach Kenny Farrell, if you're New Orleans Jesters, any any shot you want to become the U.S. men's national soccer coach? <laughs> I might be at the game on Saturday night. You never know. I'm, I'm just, well, while you're there, go ahead and throw in your name. Make yourself an assistant over there. I'm just basically looking for tickets for the World Cup. In the 26 well, Cup here, well, it's here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing, Gus, is the head coach used to play for me. So, you know, we've been good friends for the last right. 20-odd years, but he played for me. So I know him inside out. Well, well, there you go. Uh, you know, go ahead and root for him and just let him know that you'd like to reserve a few tickets for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, and we yeah, can't wait to do that. Okay. All right, my man. Take care. There he goes. Right. Head coach Kenny Farrell of your New Orleans Jester is tied in with the guy that's going to be managing the U.S. men's national soccer team. That's why we have him on the show. That's why we have him on the show. Uh, it's the Sports Hangover. Hour 2 is in the books. Hour 3 next on ESPN New Orleans.